and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to Three Peas in a Pod, episode 206. We made it. Yes, we did. And uh, Happy New Year for us as a filming. We've had some episodes in the new year. It is crazy. This is the first time that we filmed. We were not in the new year. That's right. So we are physically in 2024. We are. We are. How y'all feeling? It feels good. I just... We made it. We did make it. <laughs> it always takes me a while to, to realize this, but I have a I have a pretty bad headache. And I didn't realize until... At right now. Until we started filming, I said, oh, that's what that feeling is. Ah. Mm. Yeah. So... Do you anyway. need to go get some aspirin? No, I'm okay. I'll be all right. I will let you go. No, that's mm. okay. I mean, I'll be all right. The audience you is You just asked how... You asked how I was. And I'm happy you talked. It might be a caffeine headache, because I realized I, what, what I drank this morning. We have a lot well, of... Uh, I want to say Ed provided us with Diet Grapeco. Oh, well, you know, I hadn't seen Grapeco. Yeah. And I'm all, so excited. I can't Most of it. the people in our office like the no sugar versions of drinks. Yes. Yeah. And so I thought, I'm particularly thinking of somebody on our staff who's not from the South. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what you call Missouri. I'm going to say they're not, not from the South. No, no, but, not our South. Yeah. And so I thought, he's never heard of Grapeco. And I was right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm buying the Grapeco. Yeah, I think it's definitely a Southeastern thing. Yes, it is. Regardless, mm-hmm. I haven't had it in probably a decade or two. Oh, me either. I haven't seen time. it. So thanks for providing that, Ed. But I will say it is caffeine-free, so there's your caffeine headache. That's what I was going to say. And I think the other, there's something else in the Root beer. Well, I had root because beer. This because this, uh, this person also told me they love root beer, so I got root beer. You will you will complete my happiness if you bring in cheer wine. <laughs> it's a little harder to get all of I know. I haven't That's had cheer hard. wine in forever. It, most of the audience is going, what is he talking about? Yeah. But that was a great drink when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So so here we are. We're all sitting Last on week we had Baja Blast. Which was great. Yes. I did like the Baja. They're finally Zero sugar. Yeah. Okay. Zero all right. sugar Baja Blast. This is what people turn in, tune in for. Oh, absolutely. The truth be told, I don't know why you guys are tuning in. <laughs> we can direct you to better podcasts if you'd like. Always. We have a personal question for us. Three. Personal. It's going to require us revealing some things. Mm. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> what, is that? what does that mean? I'm pretty open about things, but I don't know what they're going to ask. All right. Well, it's a personal question, It's and, and I have a name. Actually, oh, not Oh, thank anonymous. you for sending us a name. This is from Clint. Hi, Hello, Clint. Clint. Hey, Clint. How you doing, Clint? I know several Clints. I was going to say, I know I'm going to say Clint. hi to all of them. All of them. <laughs> yes, all the Clints. And those one. that we don't know. Also, <laughs> hi to you. Absolutely. So, Clint wants to know, have you ever personally experienced a true miracle? And how do you know miracles are real? Mm-hmm. I do realize it requires faith. And then he adds this. We've always been drawn to and love Community Christian Church, answering questions that others don't, as you addressed in your 200th episode. Well, thanks, Clint. Thanks. We, we try to answer the questions now that we you are, send us. Now mm-hmm. we are given that we can tell our series. There are some we go, mm, mm. that was not, that was not and, a serious question. Well, there are some that, don't wouldn't require an entire podcast no, episode. So, that's right. You know. So so let me answer those. No, no, yes, no, yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, have you personally experienced a true miracle, and how do you know they're real? I think the first question is how do you define true miracle? Mm-hmm. Because I assume that they're not asking. I mean, we think you know all all life by its nature is a, a miracle. I was telling I was telling huh. a group of people that yeah. 
that I was talking to uh, recently about. I love there's a, a musical on Netflix called Matilda the Musical, which is absolutely is a it wonderful. from Matilda the book? Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. and it's a musical based on that. It's it won some Tonys on stage, but then they they've done a musical. But the opening number is called Miracle, and it's about life being a miracle. But there's this whole section in it that honestly, I just it's very uplifting to me when I think about it, where it talks about that. Uh, the the chances of existence are infinitely small. Like the, mm-hmm. the, but somehow the most common thing in life is life. Yeah, that it's every life is a miracle. But also the most common thing that ever happens is that somehow everyone's alive. That it just is happening. But it's not. It's not an accident. We're alive. Mm. You know what I mean. But we we tend to look at things like, well, somehow our planet is just the exact right amount of distance away from the sun that we don't freeze, we don't burn up, that all those different things. The Goldilocks is over. Right, yeah. exactly. But all those things we look at, we go, well, of course, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. We think it's miraculous in the sense that God is the one intervening in those things. But I don't think that's what this person's asking. I think they mean miraculous in the uh, Jesus walking on water miraculous or feeding the 5,000 miraculous or something that happens that is so supernaturally uh, uh, beyond us mm-hmm. interrupting our world that something might actually need to, need to happen. So anyway, it, I mean, is that what we think it is? A true miracle? Or do, what do we mean by true miracle? So, we're going to have to stop. Sawyer wants something. Oh, okay. All right, so we're back. Ed had to step away for just one second. Sorry, you're desperately needing me. I'm yeah. really desperately needed some help. <laughs> so he did not at, desperately need me. No, of course he not. He did not. So when we cut, Nathan was asking us a question about miracles, or what the, what the question asker meant by true miracle. Because yeah. I mean, I don't know. I hate answering questions that feel a little nuanced. Me, have you ever experienced a true miracle? I consider all of those things true miracles. There are a lot of things I've experienced in my life, but I assume they are asking about something that is beyond that. So when I was in seminary, Bible college, that thing, okay, they have definitions that, okay. that split this stuff up. Mm. Now, I'm sure that, I mean, I knew what to answer on the test. Yeah. There's a difference between providence. Mm. Correct. You know, which is God's, God's work inter- in providence. Inven- intervention. Uh, there's, and I just lost the word for this. There's the uh, God being at work and not in providence. Providence is more God making things happen, but they're sort of behind the scene kind of thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's just the common grace. That's why I was saying there's the common oh, sure. grace of God that's at work. And then there are miracles. And miracles are God breaking into what is natural mm-hmm. and doing something that, when you look at it, it is super, it is above, it is outside of nature. Correct. So I am i don't know if that's what this person means by I true bet, miracle. I bet that, that's what they mean. That's the kind of thing that when there are things that God breaks into nature mm-hmm. and makes them happen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're asking, have I personally been on the scene when one of those has happened? The answer is no. I would also say no. Yes. Agreement. If that's what you mean, that I've been at a place that in the moment there was a true breaking into nature take place. Yeah. There are things that I can say I have seen and experienced that I couldn't really explain. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and they seemed way past the realm of coincidence. Mm -hmm. But could I actually definitively 100% prove that? Right. That it wasn't just a coincidence. Right. No, and but I don't know if you can. Well, I don't think you can because by the nature of the miracle itself, and if you look at things that at least once again believers would call miracles, the things recorded that Jesus did in the Gospels, not every time Jesus did a miracle did people look and go, oh, well, look at this miracle worker. He must be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Not everyone believed. They doubted the no, miracles. That's exactly right. So here's a person we believe is a genuine miracle worker. You may not as the question asker, but... I mean, we believe he's a genuine miracle worker. The miracles were not enough to make faith occur. Well, you know, John calls them signs. Not, sure. Not everybody calls them signs, but John certainly calls them signs. And by the nature of the sign, you can decide whether you want to follow the sign or not. Mm-hmm. What it is pointing to something. Mm-hmm. It in of itself is not the thing you were looking for. Yeah. I that's And honestly, I think that's why miracles are not um, common in their nature. I know a lot of people who um, who uh, hear about miracles or you start to have faith and you start to think, oh, if, but if, if my neighbor or my brother-in-law or my unbelieving spouse could see a miracle, then they'd believe. And, and so why doesn't God just let us do miracles and make all these things happen? Because then everyone would believe. Well, it's the same nature as any other amount of evidence you put in front of somebody. It's not really the evidence that converts somebody. It's not really uh, the miracle that makes it happen. It is the work of the Holy Spirit and the person's willingness, uh, their softness of heart to accept that. Yeah. Um, and so when I think the end of the question was something about, I know it takes a level of faith or something yep, like that. It does. I, think that's, I think that's true. Jesus would even say about his own teaching, his own ministry, um, that some people uh, they just did not have ears to hear. They mm-hmm. saw, yep. but they didn't. They didn't perceive. Mm-hmm. They heard, but they didn't understand. That they saw, it, and it was their own hardness of heart. It was their own unwillingness to see it. I think that's why I wanted to make the distinction at the beginning of, um, and you know, Ed used the term common grace. All of these things of um, life and existence and the goodness of God. Uh, the fact that I was saying to this group of people I was talking to about it, we had had a meal and we'd had these um, roasted potatoes that were in olive oil and, and sauteed onions. They were like the most delicious thing. The fact that that tastes as good as it does is a gift of God because it didn't have to taste good. There was a way for us to get sustenance and stay alive and things not just be enjoyable. But God made it enjoyable. God made Grapeco delicious for Jason. Thank you, sir. It is delicious. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is there are eyes we have not to see it. And I start to take things that I consider ordinary. Mm -hmm. It's just ordinary. It's just the way things work. Of course it worked that way. And human beings figured out how to make it good. But even that, Mm -hmm. even that ability is a gift of God. It is God at work in the world. Uh, And if I don't have eyes to see it, right, well, then it's not going to matter. Jesus tells the parable about um, uh, the rich man and Lazarus and he uh, the rich man dies and he's, you know, cast into outer darkness. And he says, mm. hey, if I'll come back from the dead and tell them, uh, my brothers, then they'll believe. And Jesus, talking really about his own death, says, well, look, they have all the evidence they need to know that there's a God. Mm-hmm. A person coming back from the dead ain't going to make it happen for mm-hmm. them. Well, and and I will add to that, to, back to the to address the question, 
I, I, I can point you to uh, evidences of people who've been healed. Yes. Um, there are pe people that have been prayed for and mm -hmm. that I know personally Me that, too. Will, that they got better and nobody knows exactly how or why. Um, I think about a, and, and I'm getting to your question eventually, Nathan. I know uh, there is a recording on YouTube somewhere mm -hmm. of a guy who had lost the ability to 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 speak with a with a clear voice. He was a yes. very raspy boy. You guys know what I'm talking about. And it's a recording of him teaching a Bible lesson. And when he reads a certain passage, his voice comes back mm -hmm. after many years of not many many years of not being able to speak. And you can hear that happen on the tape. So. So people will say, okay, there's a miracle right there on tape. Then there are other people who will listen to the exact same tape. Right. And then question that the person was faking or that this this has been altered in some way or or even that it's the way it just medically happened over time. Over time. That's right. His body healed itself. My point in saying all of that is people can experience the exact same thing and define it however they have the faith right. to define it. Um for me these days, when I pray for people, um, I already know that God has made our human bodies in such a way that they have the ability to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. Is that a miracle? Mm. Most people would say no. But if you believe that there's a God behind it all, mm -hmm. that is a supernatural mm -hmm. acting into the, 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 the world that actually... So I could call that a miracle too. I, so my point in saying all that is just that has a lot to do with like Nathan was saying of the faith you bring to it, the perspective you have, the ears you have to hear right. it, to understand it, and to define it that way. So well, I also think that it's important that you know I think a lot of people, uh, and I'm not saying this is true about whoever at one of my many clients <laughs> that asked this question, but I think people think that the recorded history that is the Bible mm. records miracles on every page. Mm. And the truth is, if you break down the timeline of the Bible, yeah. there are distinct periods, mm -hmm. and, and not really even periods, I could say, there's periods of distinct people's lives mm -hmm. where miracles take place. And for the rest of the thousands of years that are covered in that, most people in that time also. So Moses did miracles. We don't have any miracles that um, Noah or any of the other patriarchs that you mm -hmm. know of mm -hmm. that they performed. Mm -hmm. Moses had some miracles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Elijah, Elisha, mm -hmm. yep. they have some miracles. But between cool. Moses and those guys, and not many. There, there, there's a long period of time where nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean. I'd have to look at the timeline to be careful I'm saying it right, but let's just say hundreds mm -hmm. of years to be safe. Mm -hmm. Then between those guys in the end of time where there's a person that says God's going to do something that happened, there's some acts of God like the finger writing on the wall in Daniel mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, those kind of things that God does some things uh, that are prophetic kind of things. Then Jesus steps on the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That we know, John the Baptist doesn't do a miracle. Not that we know of. No. It's not recorded. And then Jesus gives the disciples, the mm -hmm. apostles, some abilities to do some miracles. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the end of their life, like 
Paul doesn't heal himself, mm-hmm. and he doesn't ask Timothy to come heal him. He asks him to pray for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And then we have the church, what we call the church fathers, who had personal relationships with the disciples who had healing mm-hmm. ability. They don't claim that. They don't mm-hmm. claim it. So something happened in a period yeah. of time that is unique to That's what right. happened. After. And and then you, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast before. I have friends who in, um, that I trust who are in situations where there is no written word of God, much like what mm-hmm. the apostles have, that tell me yep. they have seen miracles like were in the Bible and I have no reason to tell, why would they lie to me about that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I hear miraculous stories from people that are taking place in the Muslim world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I have mm-hmm. no reason to doubt that that's true. But I I just, I think particularly for people in our modern culture, I think we think, I think people think miracles have always been the proof of God's action in the world. But for the majority, even the text that God gives us to reveal himself, he isn't. He isn't revealing that miracles are the normal scope of the thousands of years of history covered in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so we should we should expect that to be the case as well. Well, and it seems to be even in the thing you're talking about. What's unique about the 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 Jesus and the apostles is that there were so many frequent happening in one. I mean, it was almost like a. Uh, pandemic of miracles. There's so many happening in such a short span of time, as opposed to the rest of the Bible, where it's very spread out. And it really does seem to be the evidence, even especially in Acts 2, when Peter talks about them speaking in languages, which is a miraculous thing mm-hmm. that happens, right? He says, this is to give, this is the evidence, right, that Jesus has risen from the dead, that the new covenant has come, mm-hmm. the last days are here. All of that seemed to be a certain, confined really to this group of people to be evidence, signs about Jesus, not even for the specific things that were happening. And so I take all that to mean we're, we're starting this series as we're, as we're recording this right now about this idea of interactive life with God. And Jesus makes clear, especially when he talks to, um, I think it's John, somewhere in John, John maybe nine or so. No, John nine is the person being healed, the blind guy. Anyway, when he talks about the bread of life, man, it's John six. When he talks about the bread of life, I'm the bread of life, that's right after he fed them all and all these people come to him and he goes, you're just here for more bread. Well, I'm the bread of life. The point that he's making there is the miracle wasn't the point. The point was that you would come to life with me and that going back to the point Jason and I were making at the beginning, the miracle increases the faith of people who already have faith because they go, God is alive. God is active. And I want more of God's power and presence. But it will not, it doesn't mean that it will always look like feeding the 5,000. It doesn't mean that it'll always look like this. But there is power and presence of living in life with God. Well, and that was a part of the point I wanted to make about the hundreds of years of history in between as well is that. Just because they're these not these miracle working people that show up on the pages, mm-hmm. God's active through all the pages. That's right, and He's answering prayer. There are providential circumstances that mm-hmm. are brought about. There's God's common grace that's going on on all the people of the world. And I'll just say my experience has been that uh, I see more action of God in my life as I'm open to the fact mm-hmm. that <laughs> God is active in my life. That's right. <laughs> you know, yep. and which may be the faith the person's talking about as 
I have begun to pray, believing that God is at work. I see God at work. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the goal. So that's why I would say to people, when I talk to people about miracles, is if you get to a place, if you want ears to hear, if you want eyes to see, to begin to see, start attributing every good thing in your life to God and being honest about it. You know, thank God for small things and you start to see his activity in those things. I think sometimes we're afraid of looking foolish among people who don't believe, um, that we're afraid that somehow that is a sign that we have, oh, well, they just think everything's God. Well, I do think every good thing is God. And maybe that's foolish. I get that. But, you know, that's the nature of following uh, Jesus is the what is considered foolish in this age is the wisdom of God. And there is a wisdom to saying, I want to live in a world where God is active and and working. And I can do that if I just choose to see, oh, when I prayed for that thing, yeah, that thing happened. And maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it was going to happen anyway. But who knows? Because I prayed, then it happened. Maybe God was active in that whole thing. Maybe God knew I was going to pray for it, and God was already at work before. Maybe God didn't know I was going to pray for it. He was at work anyway. Either way, I'm living in a world where God's there. But I do know that there's one way of interpreting that that basically either diminishes your faith or keeps it stagnant. Correct. And another way of looking at it that grows your faith. That's right. That's right. I think over here is a better... It depends on if you're looking for some way to find proof for something you don't yet trust. Mm-hmm. There's always equal amount of reason to doubt. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. In my, there always will be. In my opinion, mm-hmm. in the initial stages of trying to figure out doubt or trust, it's almost an equal battle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will say this as we wrap this up. Um, and Clint, you may not care about this, but I thought about it as I was thinking about the question that might be helpful to you. There are lots of resources that mm-hmm. you can get out there that talk about the idea of miracles. <clears throat> if you want something really, really deep and scholarly, uh, look up Craig Keener's book on miracles. Mm-hmm. It is like the definitive work on miracles. If you want a more easy to read version, <laughs> Lee Strobel has one called The Case for Miracles. And mm-hmm. both of those volumes document actual miracles things that cannot be explained there there are there are eyewitness testimonies there's documentation of that if that's something you're interested in check those out might be helpful to you that's good that's good all right so we have a a question coming up for next week i always like to tease our next question uh y'all heard the uh the phrase you reap what you sow i have it's in the bible apparently we have talked about it on this podcast recently and there's someone who wants us to clarify what we're talking about We'll be happy okay, to do so. so. We're going to clarify it. Or not. No. We're, we're going to try. We'll bring more questions. So come back next week. We will talk about that in more depth. It's a long question. Be here for it. See ya. Bye.